Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. Jumbo, Jumbo. Good to see you. Welcome, Welcome to Ivy Church. Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Amen. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. We are hearing so many things on so many levels, and I just feel my job is to kind of orchestrate, really, and uh, bring us to a point of some kind of encounter, so that we really don't have a reason to leave the same people that came in. But the purpose of our gathering has to be that we encounter heaven, that we encounter him. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we're done with church services. Would you agree with that in that sense, just for the sake of, of, of meeting? Um, well, I'm Ken Gott, not Ken Dodd, and Phil is not one of my diddy men, okay? So <laughs> just need you to know that. Um, so I've been married to Lois for 47 years, and we have three... Oh, Siri, behave. And we have... Um, Three daughters, two are married, so nine grandchildren. And uh, to do that, you need to be online. <laughs> how, how do I switch her off? This is actually the first time in all of my ministry life this has ever happened. It's a weird place, this, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, I could turn the volume down, couldn't I? Then that would... Uh... See, the only thing is I might get criticized for... Normal service will be resumed shortly. Well, you know what? You turn the volume down, it makes no difference. Is it still there, Siri? Just say, go away, Siri. Go away, Siri. First time I've silenced a woman in all of my life. It's, it's amazing. Oh, she's back again. Back again. This is going to be fun, I tell you. I might just abandon my notes. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Ken, just forget your notes. Just, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to switch this off. Give us your, give us my back. Give it. No, no, no. You're finished. You're finished. It's a, it's just, you've you've been silenced, and uh, and and that's it. It's just, uh, yeah. There's a Bible in there, and uh, yeah, that's it. You can take the Bible out of that one as well. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. What a servant. No, there's a zip there somewhere. That's it. Yeah, that'll do it. Word of God. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, 
I so much wanted to impress everybody when I came here as well and just, yeah. Mm. Where was I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three daughters, nine grandchildren, two Rhodesian Ridgeback dogs. There's not a miniature Flossie anywhere in my house. And, <laughs> and uh, I am a season ticket holder for Newcastle United. There you go, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, it's good to be with Phil. Uh, we have been together for a long time. We uh, remember when the renewal came to Sunderland, and uh, I'd be 39 at the time, and the Holy Spirit just fell upon us very unexpectedly, and, and uh, people started, started to come in from the region and the area, and, uh, and I saw Phil sitting down with his arms folded, alongside another doctor, so two doctors over here, and, and as I'm talking, I'm thinking, these two, oh. and they're just not interested one bit, and they're sitting there criticizing everything I'm saying. I was 39, and just, you know, just uh, not as mature as I am now, and so uh, I really, really, so I, I began to preach against them, and but when you're preaching against somebody, you don't look at them, you know. So I'm looking over here and preaching against them. And I'm saying things like, I know there's some people here tonight and, and you're wondering, is this God and all that. But let me tell you then. And so I'm really going for it, right? So then we had a ministry time and the Lord came and it was really good. And then before I know it, I turned around and there they are, the two doctors standing right there. And he says... I know that when you started saying those things, you were referring to us, weren't you? <laughs> and I thought, well, okay then. Yes, I was. So I, I kind of faced him up. And he said, you couldn't be farther from the truth. He says, actually, we're here because we're hungry. We're here because we heard what God was doing. And, and we want this. And so we got it. And then the Lord spoke to me, and, and he came a few more times, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Ken, um, you can't handle this on your own. You need help. And I sent you your helper. And uh, so we became great friends ever since that time. And I would preach one night, and Phil would preach the other. It was really simple. <laughs> and we would just... Never ever consult each other what we were going to say. It was just entirely up to the Holy Spirit. And he would bring a word and we would go into ministry and people would come. And at, at that time we were running a thousand people every night. Every single night. Six nights a week. Coming into our building. And Phil would do one night and I would do the other. And then we got the teams organized after that. And, but we still were the main main preachers, and we went around the world releasing the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God. And when, when Phil told me he had a word for you tonight, it would have been the easiest thing in the world for me to, to say to him, well, what is it? Just so I can kind of 
dovetail in or totally avoid it or whatever. And, but I didn't. Um, and when he delivered the word tonight, I, I knew that the Lord had given me a word for you also. It won't take very long because we're going to pray. And uh, we're going to see God do some work in our lives. So I really don't feel I'm here as a preacher, but as a carrier, if you like. So when Phil said right in the opening remarks, when he said that we have a responsibility as the bride of Christ to make ourselves ready. That we have a responsibility to make ourselves ready. And it really confirms a word that's on my heart, or a, a sense, if you like. And that is that we are on the verge of another mighty and powerful move of God in this nation, in this country. That the Holy Spirit is going to move in an unprecedented way, once again. Uh, he loves Britain. He, he loves geography, and it's not because he, he, he loves the geographical shape of the British Isles, if you like. But almost even in the ground itself are covenant promises made from ancient times that have yet to be fulfilled. And he's aware of that. He's aware of the men and the women that went before us and laid down their lives and committed themselves in such a way that, that their very blood is in the ground crying out right now. And, and they sacrificed so much. But it was the covenants. And because God himself is a, a covenant-keeping God, he doesn't necessarily look upon the geographical structure, as I said, but rather the covenants that have been made by people that walked the land, that lived here before us. And I'm convinced that in that respect, in that regard, God loves geography. He loves the British Isles. And he wants to do something very, very significant here in this nation. Um, I remember the charismatic renewal. Remember the charismatic renewal? Uh, I was ooh, in my late 20s back then. And we would go to the Dale's Bible Weeks. Remember that? And uh, we would hear people like Bryn and Kerry Jones and Terry Virgo and Alan Scotland and various other people like that. And these were incredible days. So before the youth were gathering 6,000 in a room, the oldies were gathering 6,000 in a room as well. They were just incredible, incredible times. Um, at that moment, I was a, a police officer, and uh, I uh, got time off work and took my wife and two daughters then, and we went and pitched our tent like everybody else. And I remember one significant night. And I thought I was just going to go to the, to the gathering, you know, the worship, and, and hear one of the prophets or apostles bring us the word of God. 
And uh, the minute I walked into what was the cow shed, remember the cow shed? Who was there, by the way? Anybody go to the Dale's Bible? Three, okay. Um, we, we walked into a cow shed. It held 6,000 people. David Haddon was doing worship. And we were dancing for the first time. And, you know, it was open worship. We were no longer just singing sets of choruses and and hymns, but it was free-flowing Holy Spirit worship. It was a sea change as far as the, um, the church was concerned. And I was 27 years old and I walked in and started to weep. Couldn't stop crying. Couldn't stop weeping. It was uncontrollable. I had nothing to weep for. I had a good job. I was... The mortgage was getting paid. The bills were getting paid. I had a beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters, and, and I belonged to a fabulous church in Newcastle. And, and yet I'm, I'm weeping. I'm crying for no reason. I'm, ask, I'm even asking myself, why are you crying? Why are you doing this? And it never stopped. It never stopped the whole time during the worship. Somebody's feeling that weep in their spirit right now. The Lord just told me that. All through the worship, I was just weeping and weeping and weeping. It was so bad that the, my friend who went with me that night decided to totally ignore me and pretend he never knew me. <laughs> then my friend started talking to people over here. And, uh, and the offering came, of course, and I cried more because you normally do cry through offerings. And, and so I'm crying through that. And then Terry Virgo gets up. And he said, I'm going to speak about walls that are down and gates that are burning. And he spoke from Nehemiah. The fact that the remnant in Jerusalem were not doing very, very well at all. Their walls were down, their gates were burning. They were unfortified. It meant that the enemy could come in and just ravage, pillage, and just take whatever they wanted. They didn't fight back. They were in survival mode. They knew how to hide. And, and so uh, that was their life. And I'm sure that God looked at that remnant and looked at those people that lived there at the time and looked at their hearts and couldn't find one that was willing to rise up to do something about the present condition. But he did find one. He found a slave, a cupbearer to the king, and he knew if he heard, if he heard how bad Jerusalem was doing, he would do something about it. And I often wonder about that in relation to the state of our nation right now. That is, the Holy Spirit begins to look at the hearts of men and women within the body of Christ, within the church. Could he find in me Somebody who, if I heard something significant, I would do something about it. And I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest and say, maybe a large percentage of the time, no. Maybe if he caught me, 
in a moment. Maybe if he, if he caught me in a conference, spoke to me then or whatever. But, you know, I have to say, sometimes my system feels broken. Sometimes it does. And I feel that there's this heavenly message trying to get through to the church right now. And there isn't a Nehemiah. We're the remnant of Jerusalem and we're in survival mode. And as he preached, I wept and wept and wept. And this is what he said. Supposing the walls of Jerusalem are like today's society. And he says, look at how we're living right now. Morally, values, principles, decency, family. And he went on. And he said, our walls are down and our gates are burning. And God is looking for a Nehemiah who will do something about it. Because when Nehemiah heard the news, it says he wept. He wept and wept and wept and cried to God, confessing the sins of his own people, but declaring himself ready to do something about it. And I knew that night why I was crying. And then Terry said this. He said, this is a two-part talk. And I wanted to give the appeal tomorrow night. But he says, I feel compelled to give the appeal tonight. So he said, if you're here tonight, 6,000 people, if you're here tonight, and God is calling you to restore the walls, to build the walls and restore the gates that are burning in today's society, the world in which you live. He said, I want you to stand to your feet. And I remember standing, 27 years old, policeman, not theologically trained, never been to Bible school, had preached a couple of times and that was about it. And I said, Lord, I'll do that. But I just don't know how. I just don't know how to do it. But that night, I knew that was my primary calling. I did end up being a pastor. I did plant a church. I did build a church building. But I knew that my primary calling was to actually galvanize or, no, wrong word, maybe, Encourage the church to look to the horizon and not just what's in the four walls of our buildings. And dream what might be possible. A few years later, Terry wrote a book. Uh, it was an autobiography of types, you know, I don't even remember the, the title, uh, Well-Trodden Paths or something like that. And, and he sent me a copy and he wrote a nice little thing in the, in the front and, and he, he sent me a copy and, and I read it and, and so I started reading the book. And we came to that night. Came to that night in the Dale's Bible Week, that night when he preached on Nehemiah 
And he said, I preached on Nehemiah this night. 6,000 people felt compelled to give an altar call. And he said, in among that number of people was a young man by the name of Ken Gott who stood up that night. I mean, I'd subsequently talked to him and told him what had happened. Who stood up that night and answered the appeal to rebuild the walls and restore the gates that are burning in our society. And then he put this and he says, and we know what God has done with Ken God since then. And I was a little bit embarrassed because um, I'm a little bit of an introvert, you know. I, I can act very well, so I put on an act. If I'm with you, I will smile and I will talk to you. Don't worry, I'll do that. But inside, I just want to walk away from you, really, and just, uh, just find some space, you know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm by nature an introvert person. And so I was, em I was embarrassed when I saw that. And I thought, how many books has he sold? How many people have read this? And they've read my name there. Ken God, now look up. And I was thinking, now what? The expectation and everything else. And, and he shouldn't have done that. And I was really upset. And then I heard the Lord say, he didn't write that. I wrote that there. So that you could read it and never forget the point at which I called you. The reason I called you. The reason the anointing is upon your life. The reason why the grace is there. A few years later, John Wimber visited these shores, remember? And I remember being in the, I guess it was the Oval at uh, Sheffield. And he came to Sheffield and I remember sitting there and all of a sudden shaking, uncontrollably, just shaking. As the Holy Spirit came upon me, as this man just said, come Holy Spirit. And I remember weeping again and just a mess. This was three years later and I was 30 years old. I've now left the police and I'm in full-time ministry in my father-in-law's church. You see, I married, the fa I married the pastor's daughter. Because you can really get on if you marry the pastor. You know, you, it's just like prom promotion's really easy. And so, I'm in the ministry. And, and I'm, I'm there because the team were there. But I came away from there completely, completely changed, different. 30 years old, nine years later, no, eight years later. I'm hearing this noise coming from America, this noise in the spirit that um, the Holy Spirit was falling in a, 
in a particular church, Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland, Florida, and, uh, and Christians are laughing in church. And they are uh, rolling off their chairs and they're un uncontrollably just overcome by the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to know what this was all about. And when I found out what it was all about and who was doing it, you know, it was a guy called Rodney Howard Brown, I judged it and criticized it and said that cannot be God, that the Holy Spirit wouldn't do that to anybody. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of order, you know, and I've got scripture for that. And, uh, and I just felt this critical spirit within me. And then, the, if that wasn't enough, then 94 comes along, and it's not just Rodney Howard Brown now, but it's half the world are laughing and rolling and falling off their chairs. And, 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 there's, and there's these people in Toronto, and they, they are saying, come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is coming, and... He's supposedly changing people's lives. They're becoming passionately in love with Jesus. But, you know, this whole manifestation thing was just a bother to me because I was Assemblies of God, classical Pentecostal, and that was not classical Pentecostalism. <laughs> so I judged it. And then a sweet lady by the name of Ellie Mumford went to... Toronto, came back to London, and it broke out there and in Holy Trinity Brompton. And I got an invite to go uh, to a leader's day um, to hear about this. And I remember my friend phoning me up, and, and uh, he gave me the invitation to come with his team, and, and I, said, um, I said, I'll pray about it. Now, you know that means you, no, don't you? It just, it just means we're going to move on from here. So I'll pray about it and, and uh, put the phone down. It's in the days of landlines, you know, put the phone down. And uh, my wife said, who was that? I said, oh, so-and-so. He's one of my best friends at that time. And uh, he said, what did he want? I said, oh, he wants me to go to London because, you know, that thing that's happening in Toronto, well, they're going to share about it and everything else. And uh, he wants me to go, but I'm not going. She said, well, I think you should. And I said, why would I want to do that, Lois? Why would I want to go all the way to London for a day? And she says, Ken, I think you should. You know why she said that? Because she knew my system was broken. And you can, you can hide it to a lot of people. And you can pretend. But the person you live with knows you inside out. And she knew I was just cruising in my classical Pentecostalism. And so I said, well, okay, I'm not driving, I'm not going by train, I'll fly down, knowing there would not be any tickets left. So I phoned the airline, it was in the days when you phoned for a ticket. And I phoned up, 
And I said, I'd like a seat to London back the next day. And she says, well, we've got one seat left. <laughs> Had my name on it. And so I ended up there. I was at the back with the team and not happy. Totally out of my comfort zone. Nobody was wearing a suit. Nobody was wearing a tie. They were wearing, I mean, the guy who was doing worship was playing a guitar with jeans on. And, uh, and the drummer had a baseball cap, which might not have been so bad, but he had it the other way around. You know, it was just like, oh, this is not God. This is, this, this is not good. It's not good. And then dear David Pitchers got up and he said, um, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you might see this person doing that, that person. But don't worry, it's the Holy Spirit. It's very posh, not like me, but very posh. And uh, I'm judging him and saying, hey, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? You're Anglican, what do you know? <laughs> we're, we're the Pentecostals, you know. We're, we, we paid the price for speaking in tongues and all of that. And, and uh, so he, he prayed a prayer. This is his prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. And I thought, that'll get you nowhere. <laughs> I don't even think God heard that. You need to put some feeling into it. You need to put some emotion into it. You, know, you need to be more Pentecostal. But evidently, the Lord did hear it, and the Lord liked it. And the Holy Spirit came, and everything he said would happen, was happening. And I'm thinking, I'm out of here. And just as I'm looking for the exit, one of my friends says, Ken, we're going down the front. I said, what? He says, we're going down the front. We're going to ask that bishop to pray for us. Now, we're all Pentecostals. I'm going to ask, we're going to ask that bishop to pray for us. I said, why would you do that? And anyway, he didn't even wait for an answer. And he turns around and there's, there's six of us there. So five are now walking down to the front. And I'm left on my own with the, yeah, <laughs> the crowd. And, and so I just joined. Because it was safer with them than with that lot. <laughs> and so I just went down there and I hear my friend saying to David Pitchers. Bishop David Pitches, we're Pentecostals and we need this. We need more of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, you could have said that differently. You could have said we're a bit dry or something like that. You know, we need a touch. But you've, you've just played into his hands. <laughs> And so he said, well, I'll pray for you. He says, come here. So we all went. And this is what he said. He said, um, let's hold hands. <laughs> well, where's that in the Bible? <laughs> Just, let's hold hands. And, and form a circle. Form a circle. The funny thing is, we did exactly what he told us to do. We just held hands, formed a circle, and he's in the circle. And then he says, I'm going to pray for you right now. So, okay. 
and this is his second prayer, was worse than the first one. (laughs) So his second prayer was this. Father, come and get them. (laughs) I was not impressed. Half a second later, I was very impressed because I ended up on my back and nobody did anything. Just as if a bomb was put in a circle and just fell out and I started rolling around and laughing at nothing. Just rolling around, laughing, nothing, nothing. Just laughing, rolling around, nothing. Well, actually, I just laughed first and then I rolled. And then a thought came to me that I wonder if I could roll and laugh at the same time. (laughs) It was very spiritual, very, very spiritual. And so I'm rolling at the front and and one of those Holy Trinity Brompton women came up with the long skirts and, you know, and, and, and she started hitting me in the chest, like hit me hard and it hurt. And she was hitting me hard and she says, make them reckless, Lord, make them reckless, make them reckless. And I said, please, God, tell her I'm now reckless because, <laughs> because this woman's going to kill me. And, <laughs> and I got up and, and I was different. It was crazy. I was just totally, totally different. I wasn't judging anymore. And it was just like Jesus was just so real and wonderful. And, and I remember going outside, finding some green grass somewhere in London. And, and I'm lying, I'm looking at the sky. It was a beautiful day and I'm just happy. Just joy. So I thought I'll phone Lois. And I did have a mobile phone, but it was... <laughs> It was at the time when they were about two foot long and they were on your back and so anyway I I phoned her up and and all I could do was laugh laugh at her down the phone and she, she says Ken are you all right I said I've never felt better I'm all right I'm going back tonight because they're going to pray again and I'm going to go back tonight and when I came back on the aeroplane I remember talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, when I get back to my own people, like my classical Pentecostal congregation, I won't have to roll and laugh, will I? I was, I was, I was concerned that rolling and laughing was going to be part of my life. And I said, I won't have to roll and laugh anymore, will I? And the Lord completely ignored the question <laughs> and asked me one of his And he says, how's your heart right now? And I did something in that moment that I hadn't done for years. For years. In order to answer the question, I had to look somewhere that I'd never looked for a long, long time. And I looked into my heart and I said, well, you know, Lord, Right now, my heart feels great. It just feels fantastic. And that was it. The end of the conversation. It was all about your heart, not about your power suit and your big loud tie and your white shirt and 
and everything being excellent and, you know, you being the boss and whatever. It, was, it just came down to one thing. How's your heart right now? And I suppose, really, that's a question for tonight, isn't it, really? The Lord here, you can sense his presence. You can just feel that actually tonight's just pregnant with heaven's agenda. And I think the question of heaven right now is, how's your heart? How's your heart right now? I did go to Toronto. I did get prayed for by John Arnett. I spent a week there. Randy Clark was the... I'm, I'm mentioning names. You might, this, these people might not mean anything to you. But um, I came back home and uh, we had a, a pulpit like this. It's Sunday morning. And uh, I asked my wife to share. And our youth leader who went out with us to share. Let's do 15 minutes each. And then for the next 15 minutes, we'll pray for the people. And that's an hour. That was the plan. So Jamie gets up, youth leader, and he starts to cry. And he said, if, I've, if God lives anywhere on planet Earth right now, I think I've just been to his house. Uh-huh. And fell down. Took him 30 seconds to do that. <laughs> I'd, I'd given him 15 minutes. Where's the Where's Now I said, Lois, take a bit longer. Take a bit longer. So my wife gets up and she starts to cry. Just cry. She says, I, I love Jesus. And I love you with all of my heart. Boom. She took a minute. A bit longer than Jamie. But so now it's up to me. And I get up and I stand here and I, I know what the problem is. But the challenge is, it's like the presence is thick. Thick. Ha. Ha. And I hold here like this because I'm going to fall down. And I pull this leg up like this to counterbalance. Stop me falling. I'm like this. These are the people that pay my wages. I'm in front of them like this. And I remember giving an altar call, which Billy Graham would be thrilled about. I'm sure he... And I said, if you want this, come and get it. Well, who would want that? <laughs> Evidently everybody, because there was a stampede. Stampede, friend, they're all standing there. We want that. We want that. Six people walked out in disgust, never saw them again, haven't seen them to this day. But the rest of the church are now at the front and we prayed. We were there at three in the afternoon and I said this, never forget it. The Lord's here and he might not be here for long. But while he is pleased to come, we should be pleased to meet with him. So we're going to come back tonight because we were a one-service church on a Sunday. And we were back at night. And the same thing happened. And we were there till midnight. And then I said, the Lord's here, and he might not be here forever, but 
while he's pleased to come and meet with us, we should meet with him. <coughs> we'll come back tomorrow night. We started coming back every night to meet with him. No agendas, nothing to meet with him. The word got out across the city. city started coming in through the regions as time when Tim and uh, Phil and uh, came to the meetings. <coughs> and we did that for three and a half years. It had a peak, of course it did, you know. And, but it's peak 1,000 people, hungry, thirsty. <coughs> for God and we, uh, <coughs> we just prayed for people. We were mending broken systems. That's what God was doing. He was mending broken systems so that we could contain what heaven was pouring out and we could draw then from our own system. It seemed like the leaks were not as serious as they'd been previously. We didn't want to sin we, we didn't want to compromise. We wanted to be holy. We wanted to be passionate in love with Jesus. We just wanted to be there because his... Give me here, brother. Thanks. Thank you. But you know, that was a while ago now. All of that, Phil and I went round the world. I mean, literally round the world together. Preaching, prophesying, releasing the blessing, the Holy Spirit. And I can feel here right now in my spirit, and I can feel it in this place. God wants to do something again, but this time unprecedented. But... All of those things, you know, um, Dale's Bible Weeks and uh, John Wimber, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, the Toronto Blessing, and then afterwards Pensacola with uh, John Kilpatrick. It's like that was just God saying, take some grace because I'm just going to give this to you. But I feel the word tonight is what Phil brought, that actually, if we really want this and if we really believe we're on the, the cusp or the verge or the threshold of another move of God, which isn't going to look like anything we've known before, because I'll tell you what, it won't necessarily be within our four walls. But I think the Holy Spirit, I believe, I know the Holy Spirit wants to fall upon society itself where the walls are restored and the burning gates are put back. You see, it would have been great if from those Dale's Bible Weeks three plus decades ago, if we were able to say, and from that time the graph went like that and we are now a holy nation given to God, but unfortunately... The graph went the other way. And I want to tell you, in the last five years, it really has gone down. 
Things have crept into our society that should not be there. Should not be there. Where Christians and the church, of people are frightened to say certain things, certain words for fear of being labeled hatred or breaking the law even. And that has happened very quick. Very, very quick. But I feel the Lord is saying, enough's enough. And I'm going to send my spirit. And it will be upon the church and upon society itself. In 2 Kings uh, 6, just going to end with these, just these thoughts. Elisha was the prophet of the double portion. Remember? What do you want, Elijah? Elisha, I want double that's on you. And when he got the mantle of Elijah, his father, his spiritual father, he goes to the Jordan and says, where is the God of Elijah? Where is that God? And he strikes the waters and the waters part. And then the prophets who were observing on the side said, the spirit of Elijah is now on Elisha. Well, I want to tell you, there's just a few people in previous generations I would like that said about me. The anointing, the spirit that rested upon them is now upon me. And more. And so Elisha has the school of the prophets. And he's training them. And it says here in uh, chapter 6, it says, And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Why, why would they even raise that as a, as a question or as, as a statement? Why would they do that? The place where we dwell with you is now too small for us. And it's because they, they are sensing something bigger on the horizon. They're being trained by Elisha. And it might be that Elisha it just isn't seen that he belongs to another generation. If you like, these young prophets, they're feeling something in their spirit. And they're saying, we can't stay here. We need a bigger place because something big is on the horizon. Bob Jones released, has another name, but never mind about it. Bob Jones released a prophecy, and he said that uh, before Christ comes, there will be a billion soul harvest among the youth. A billion soul harvest. And I, I belong or uh, connected with an, organi an organization called Europe Shall Be Saved. And they believe for a hundred million souls saved in Europe. There's something much, much bigger. Much, much bigger than our building programs and developments and everything else. God, God is saying, come on, church, put the walls back. Restore the gates that are burning. I'm coming back for my bride who's making herself ready. And all of those awakenings, and it just felt like you got them for doing nothing. 
just mercy, grace of God, just the love of God. And I just happened to be in the right place, the right time, full of criticism, full of judgment, and uh, just, you know, shouldn't have happened to me, but it did. Thank you, Jesus. But not this one. This one's coming for the hungry and coming for the thirsty and coming for the laid down lovers of Christ. It's coming for those that are repairing their systems. It's coming, it's coming for those who are making themselves ready as the bride of Christ. It's going to fall on sections of society that will actually be offensive to you. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, go and love them as I love them. And you might think, well, they don't live like me. They don't have my principles. They don't have my values. And they do this and they do that. <laughs> A bit like the hippie generation, right? Of California when the Holy Spirit fell on them. That's going to happen again. The place where we dwell. Now here, listen. I just want to just throw this one at you. Right where you're at right now. In your cozy little world. It's too small for you. The place where you are dwelling right now is too small for you. And the Holy Spirit wants to come tonight and enlarge your capacity, increase your capacity, stretch you, enlarge you. Increase your capacity so that you can receive more and not only receive more, but because you are attending to your broken system. You retain more as well. More for who? Well, I can give people prophetic words. Come on, let's get beyond that. So that you, in the world around you, can bring heaven to earth. That's it. That's it. You in your neighborhood, your community, you in your place of work, you... In, in, in your sphere of influence, whatever that might be, because you have an increased capacity and you're retaining much, much more, heaven has a chance, an opportunity to come to earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Elijah, Elisha says, yeah, go on, do it. And they're cutting down trees. So I'm going to paraphrase a little bit now because I know the scripture. But they cut down trees and then we get this young prophet and the, the axe head falls off and it goes into the river, remember? And, he, and he, he says this ridiculous statement. He says, alas, master, for it was borrowed. I mean, I don't know what that really means except I just felt like he was, he was faking it. I just feel like this young prophet was going through the motions, doing what everybody else was doing, but he wasn't as effective because he's, he's faking it. And it's just possible, well, it's very possible, isn't it, that we've just been Christians for so long, we're good at it. We're just good at it. We're good at saying the right thing. We're good at doing the right thing. We smile when we're supposed to smile. But there's a move of God coming. And maybe it's just somebody else's axe head that he's got on, you know, and he's just trying to use that. 
it's just not working. And he says, it's borrowed. It's not, wasn't even mine. And I want you just to imagine what he's got in his hands right now, right? So his axe head's fallen off. What's left? Let me call it a dead stick. He's got a dead stick. And you know, it's very difficult to chop down trees with a dead stick. Have you ever tried it? No, it's really difficult. It just bounces off, doesn't it? It's just going to bounce off. Boing. And you're not going to do it. And so Elisha does something incredible. And he sees this dead stick in this young prophet's hand. And, and he takes a live branch. A live one. Not a dead stick. A live branch. And he cuts off a live branch. And he, he puts it over the place where that axe head fell. And it's like a symbol of the cross, you know. If you see that in scripture, it's like a type of the power of the cross of Christ. And that iron head floated. I think that's supernatural, do you? Well, it is in Sunderland. I want you to know that. I don't know about Manchester, but iron doesn't float in Sunderland. It, it sinks. And here's this iron... Iron axe head is floating. And then he says to him, pick it up. Pick it up. Why? Because it's yours. It's your axe head. It's your anointing. It's your calling. It's your gifting. You pick it up. And if he didn't pick it up, do you know what would have happened? Somebody downstream would have picked it up because this wasn't a lake. It wasn't a pond. It was a river. And it would have just floated to the next guy and the next guy said, thank you very much. And he would have got a grace move of God. Didn't work for it at all. But he picks it up puts it back on his dead stick and starts cutting down trees again. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just feel like I'm doing Christian stuff with a dead stick in my hand. Am I the only one that feels like that? Sometimes it just feels like that. You know why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm good at some things. Because I've been a Christian a long time and I've been a preacher a long time. And so I can preach and I can stand in front of a crowd and I can, I can come into a group and I can go online and I can say certain things and I can write blogs and I can write chapters of books and I can do all of those stuff. But sometimes I feel I'm doing it and in my hands is a dead stick. And it's just, I've just become good at it. And the only thing that really gets me out of that, because, you know, I could just cruise along till the Lord calls me, is the fact I know there's something on the horizon that's bigger than me. And bigger than anything else I've ever, ever, ever encountered.
And the Lord's coming back for his bride and he's coming back for the bride of Manchester and the greater Manchester. Uh, thanks. Area. And he's asking the question, are you making yourself ready? Are you doing what's necessary to fix your, your system? Are you reaching out? Just the keyboard, please. Just the keyboard. Just the keyboard. Are you reaching out? Taking hold of what is rightfully yours? Allowing the power of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit to make iron float in your life? Because we need a miracle here tonight. We need a move of God. I don't want to be good at church growth, I'll be honest with you. I've been through that. I don't want to be good at church growth. I don't want to be good at, at programs and systems and structures. and No. I want to be hungry. I want to be desperate. I want to be thirsty for what I can see is coming. I want to be one of those that has made themselves ready. And I'm here tonight not because I like Anthony. I do like him, but not because I just like him. But because when he asked me to come here tonight, and it was a few weeks ago, it was many weeks ago, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you take that one because I turn down more now than I accept. I'm not a traveler anymore. I'm kind of done with that. I want to be part of you, part of that bride. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you go there, Ken, and you, you speak a word into that meeting because I want to do something with that. And of course, Phil, I didn't know at that time Phil would be with me and uh, everything's kind of dovetailed for this time. I'd like you to stand to your feet right now. Now, I can feel, I can feel the Lord in this room tonight. I can, I can feel his presence. Uh, I think God loves Manchester. I really do. And I think God wants to raise this city up as one of the great cities of this nation at a spiritual level. It's great in many other ways, but at a spiritual level. He's looking for people who are saying, the place where we dwell is too small. It's too small. So I want you to settle it in your heart right now. What you've heard tonight, what you felt in your spirit. Tonight, Lord. I want to be one of those that makes themselves ready for that which is coming. Of course, you know that scripture in Revelation is in relation to him coming again. But I want to tell you, before he comes again, riding a white horse with the armies of heaven, 
to take for his inheritance the nations of the world. Before that event, there are moves of the Spirit. There are ingatherings of thousands of souls. There is cultures being changed and altered and values being restored. There is honor, principles, family. Yeah, the walls are down and the gates are burning. But the Lord is coming. But the Lord is coming. And I want to pray for you and I'm going to just pray. I'm just going to pray whatever's on me. I I want them to put on you and more. I want more. I'm not the ceiling for anybody or anything. I'm just a carrier. That's all. Just a hungry soul that's just carrying. But if you've just felt something tonight, it's like, Lord, this could be life-changing for me. Like it was at Holy Trinity Brompton for me and John Wimber, Dale's Bible Weeks, Toronto, Holy Trinity Brompton. I did meet Rodney Howard Brown, became a friend. Toronto, Pensacola, whatever. This could be one of those for me. Or you can just say, I'm going to make it one of those for me. I'm going to cause it to be one of those for me. I just want you to do something. Just move. Just move into the center. Come down the front. Or go to, you know, just just move as an indication. Just so we don't just stay. In the same place. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something right now. We're going to pray a great prayer. Come Holy Spirit. <laughs> might not be posh like David pitches. It might be a Geordie accent. But you know. It's the same prayer as they Come Holy Spirit. Father come and get them. Come and get them. Yeah, we don't want to leave the same as we came in. We don't want to leave the same people tonight. And there's no reason why that should happen. Our gatherings should be heaven encounters. It should be the reason we gather unto Him so that heaven can touch us. Just lift your hands where you are right now. Holy Spirit. Woo! Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I pray right now. This moment. Capture it. Capture this moment. Help us to repair our assistance. Help us, Lord. To make ourselves ready. In this moment, we dedicate our lives afresh to become the bride that's making herself ready. 
And Lord, what a, everything you've put on me, what you've put on Phil, what you've put on others, put on them and more. And more. Come, Holy Spirit, come, come, come. 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 Never the same again. Never the same again. Never the same again. Just want us to connect just a little bit. Just find a shoulder in front, alongside, behind someone. Just put your hand on a shoulder right now. Just put your hand on a shoulder. Because we're in this together. And just pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And cause my brother, my sister, never to be the same again. From this moment on. From this moment on. Never the same again. Never the same again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How's your heart right now? How's your heart right now? Lord, right now, my heart feels great. Right now, my heart feels great. Father, I just pray for this great city of Manchester. Thank you, Lord, that your eye is upon it. That through your prophet, you spoke into this church, into this community, but also into the city itself, into the bride of Christ that resides here. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are about to move in Manchester in an unprecedented way. In an unprecedented way. We just make that declaration right now. We prophesy that into the spiritual realms. Declare it. That Manchester shall be saved. That Manchester shall know their God. So Lord, just make us ready right now. Make us ready right now. For your glory. For your glory. For your glory. For your glory. Yes, thank you, Lord. I just remind you as we pray. Some of you know, I mean, these Sunday evenings, it wasn't something really that we kind of planned a lot. But um, a while ago, we'd put one in. A lady called Sarah Jane was coming, and there's a tree out in the back in the little area over there. There's a weeping willow tree. And um, the night that 
she was going to come and speak. There was a storm just came out of nowhere and uh, I don't know whether it was lightning or the wind or something, but the tree, half of it came down on a Sunday evening. And in the service, I was thinking like, why was that? Why did that happen? Because I really like that tree. <laughs> and I said to the Lord, why did that happen? And he just said, oh, I was done with that. And then the week after, Sunday night again, Sunday evening, the rest of the tree just came down. It's like it wasn't even half of it. It was like fully down. So you go out there, there's no sign of that tree. There's nothing left of that tree anymore. Within a couple of weeks. And I just feel some people, you know, the old is gone. The old has gone, the new has come. The new can't come till the old has gone. Lord, whatever you need to do, even if we like it, if you don't like it, we don't want it. I don't want it, Lord, I'm not bothered about it, if you're not bothered about it. And Lord, the new doesn't have to look like the old. We want the new, we want what you've got, Lord, for this... Lord, this city just needs uh, something from you that is, it just clears it. We, don't just, we want to wait on you. Just wait on him for a moment. And I do believe this, that for some people this will be, it could be one of the most significant times. Because years from now you'll look back and it'll be like, that was when. And it isn't even that when God did it, it's when you said, I'll do it. Because you've been saying it for some people for ages. And we've been looking at somebody else. And, uh, you know, Nehemiah probably wasn't the only cupbearer. I don't know if he was. But if it wasn't him, as, it, as Ken said, it, I'm sure the Lord could have found somebody else. But let's just offer ourselves. Because in the end, we're just, all of us, just that bit of an old dead stick. Just offer ourselves, like, back to you. Because if you use really ordinary people, then you get all the glory. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Sam's at the front here just saying, use me. Can we say that? Just again, Lord. And I mean it. I'm not going to write myself out of stuff anymore. I don't want to do that. Thank you, Lord. And I just feel like something in my stomach, which is something I sign for me of when that happens, of the Lord birthing something new in me, and, and I don't know what that is. But if you've got that as well, just maybe put your hand on your stomach and of just of a, of a new, something the Lord's birthing in you, a new, a new burden, a new passion, a new stirring up.
Yeah, and I love that what Ken was saying too. We're not, it's great to remind ourselves of the good things in the past, but Lord, open our eyes to this bigger horizon of what you've got that we can look forward to in the future. Bigger horizon, endless horizon in front of us, Lord. We just see that, like when you look at the sea and the sky on a sunny day some days and it just all blends into one. That was the, actually my call to come to Ivy was that. I was telling the staff team in the week, he showed me a horizon without end. But I had to step out off, off the, the limitations that I put on him in order to walk on that water and to just keep going out to the endless horizon. I love that name, Limitless, that young, young people have been touched by. Lord, we just declare today, we are limited until we touch you and you're limitless. Thank you, Lord. And just, as, you, as you're feeling anything physical on you, I mean, I just I say right hand, I just feel power in my right hand. And I'm not going to rationalise that away. I say, Lord, please give me more. I need what you've got. I want more of what you've got. I, can't, I don't want to do any of this. But I want everything you want us to do, Lord. The world needs a people of power. Thank you, Lord. And I know there's people who are visiting from other churches. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. To be conductors, to be carriers. This is not about Ivy. It's not about us. It's not about any of our names, as we've said, Lord. It's all about you. And I pray for an, a tenfold increase on every other church that's represented by anybody here more than, than you're going to do here, Lord. We just pray for it. We used to do even more. Set them on fire, Lord. Set them on fire, oh God. Give them, give them faith. Give them expectation. Give them, Lord, wake them up in the night with your dream that's so much bigger. Yes, Lord. Because there's so much... Lord, we, we, we're sorry. I'm sorry for the times I've looked at other churches and done anything to speak them down, Lord. It's your bride. I believe there's going to be some people this week you're going to workplaces and people are going to see something different you're going to go into school and and people are going to see something different they're going to see the anointing of god upon you and they're going to they're going to sense the aroma of christ around you and they're going to be coming with questions just be ready tell him now i'm ready lord for when that happens i need your wisdom i need your words i'm going to offer prayer to people i'm going to i'm going to um not shrink back or hold back i'm going to say oh, I, I know the living god and you can know him too and lord for us to be bold because we've got what the world needs as we said we don't want to just have this great meeting in a in a in a, in a meeting place lord we need the those places out there to become your places where people are meeting with you. Again, I've got a picture before of <laughs> a bit of a daft one, but it was the uh, Dodgem cars. 
and like you've got the, the aerial that goes up and has to touch for the power, otherwise that thing's going nowhere. So if you want to just put your hand up like the aerial and, and, and say, Lord, put your power through me. Put your power through me, Lord. Put your love through me. Yeah. So I'll move where you want me to move and I'll bump into who I'm going to bump into. He's going to bump you into people, but it's in his power. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Connected. I want to be connected to heaven. Heaven heaven, and earth meeting and you're his conductor. Yes, Lord. Yeah. He wants to put more power through you. Just, yeah. More love in, in you. The, the way we get more power is more love. Yeah, don't look for the power. Lord, grow the love. Grow the love, Lord, in me. Lord, let me love people like you love people. I don't love people like you love people. Let me see people like you see people. Like sheep without a shepherd, Lord. Your heart would look out on a crowd and see people and, oh, they're like sheep without a shepherd. <sighs> Lord, you love them so much. You see people walking around and, and I would condemn people. I know I would. Even though I'd be condemned way worse if it wasn't for your grace, oh God. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just switch up and again, we want the power, Lord, but grow the love. Because when we love, there's nothing, nothing we wouldn't do for that love. Nothing, when you love, you just, it's not, it's not like I've got to do anything, it's like I get, I get to do. So I just want to pray again. Love, the love of Jesus Christ. The love of Christ compels us. May the love of Christ compel us. Increase our capacity, as we were hearing before, Lord, for your love. And give us the opportunity to demonstrate your power as we love. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. And some of us just, that word about the dry stick, hammering away at a tree. That, that was the Lord for you. Not even an axe head. It's not even like you've got a blunt axe head. It's just like you just, just bash, 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 and nothing happening. Reach out again. Reach out and say, Lord, I let, I let it, whether it was borrowed, whether I've been faking it to make it and I'm not making it, I just want to, I know that, 
I know that feeling. Oh, you just reach out. That's your part. There's a part to play. He said, reach out and pick it up. Something you used to do, maybe. And it's like reaching to the river. Pick it up. And he'll do the miraculous. He'll do the miracle. Thank you, Lord. We see the difference. We're going to see the difference in the next few days and weeks and months. Of the axe head restored and of the river flowing. We're going to see more trees come down. Thank you, Lord. And the trees are coming down because new things are being built. Bigger things. Outside of church boundaries. And it's the Lord that brings the trees down. It's him who does it, Lord. You're doing it. So we just offer it all to you and we trust you. We don't have to control things. We trust you. Because what you do is so much better, more glorious. It doesn't even compare. Thank you, Lord. believe the Lord is going to be calling people back who've been I think there's a few people you've got somebody that's that's on your heart and you're just a family member or somebody that's like you can't be happy until they come back to Jesus and I just I just believe the Lord saying actually the reaching out and the, 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 the just just call out for them now call out the name before we're done and call out and reach in because they're like the axe head that's fallen into the ground into the river into the thing and there's that person who maybe you just sort of you know they've got to come they've got to come back just call them call them out call them back God could speak tonight in a dream to them it's easy for Jesus he can do it whatever you want Lord if you can turn up in Gavin's kitchen Lord you can turn up in their lives so we're not going to say oh it's alright for that person to be lost We're not going to say it's okay for that person to spend another day, another month, another year so far away from you, Lord. We're calling them back in the name of Jesus to come and, and Lord, we're going to see very soon that that person's standing right next to us in worship. They're going to be up the front and giving a testimony. And they're going to say, oh, Jesus came and he showed up in my life. And it was unmistakable. And that's how could I doubt anymore? How could I have my clever arguments or my moans about him? And Because uh, he's here and he's real. And I, and I saw him and I heard him and he made himself real in my life. Lord, please, we, we just release your angelic presence into their situation, into their life right now, Lord. To, to pull back from everything that the enemy has kept them in lies and in darkness. 
in the name of Jesus, we say that their eyes are going to be opened to see the reality of the darkness in which they are trapped and of the light and the love of Jesus Christ that is calling them into a different place of salvation where they're never going to walk away from it again, but they're going to be released into the full destiny of all that you have for them. Lord, we rebuke the enemy and his power in their life and we say they belong to Jesus Christ. They belong to Jesus Christ. They're part of his family. They're part of his bride. They're meant to be part of us. They're meant to be part of this, your church, Lord Jesus. So bring them back. Speak to them, Lord. Whatever pigsty they found themselves in, Lord, I pray that they would come to their senses and they would come back to the Father. Lord, even tonight from this place, we're calling out to them. We're asking that you would somehow reach into their lives and help them to come back to their senses and go back to their father in heaven Shh. we don't say it's okay we're not just going to say oh that's where they've gone and that's us that's it lord we're sorry for writing them off you've not written them off thank you lord you want to write them in mm. yes lord yes lord power power yes lord jesus amen 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 Right, a couple of people. Can we? That gentleman there with the blue T-shirt on is a friend of mine called Mike McGurk, and he's awesome. And he's he's a he's God's used him as a minister in this city, and then he took him away for a bit. Don't boo to Liverpool. Uh, but he's brought him back to Manchester. He's working with the Church of England and his job is really to be helping the, the diocese to think in terms of evangelism and mission and reaching out to other people. So we've got a few people just get around Mike. There he is. Stick your hand up, Mike, just so you can be even more embarrassed. And just pray for him for the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's come back for such a time as this. Just want to pray for blessing on him before we're done. And I do think too, before we're done too, there's a few, one or two other people that you've, that you kind of felt like, yeah, this is an important night for me. It's a significant thing and I could just do with somebody like Ken or whatever to come and just pray for me to seal the deal a little bit and to be like a never the same again thing. So I know lots of you kind of come up for that, but maybe it's, all right, the broken walls, the whatever it is. So if you want to come up before you're done, just come up here. There might be a lot. I don't know. Maybe you're all here for that. But it's a significant, like you've not seen it before, a click has happened. So if that's you, if you don't mind, like make some people, just make some room through, just for one or two people. I know they've got to go home at some point, back to Sunderland. But yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, there's somebody, anybody else? Anybody else? Just It's like tonight was a very significant for you, really in terms of that never the same again. Yeah, okay, great. Keep going. You want to come around here a little bit? That's it. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't know where it's going to lead, but you do know the Lord's leading you. Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit. Okay, there's some people here. Uh, Somebody's who's saying about people involved in the NHS as well. Perhaps if you could, if you're in the NHS and it's a kind of a thing for you, could you like just get together maybe with like Laura, if there's other people in the NHS and you feel for that, then could you gather together as a group? Because yeah, then, you know, we need, 
A move of God in, uh, in that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just so need you, Lord. If you have to leave, we love you. We're grateful for you. Be blessed. But we just want to make sure people have, have been prayed for. Just to meet with God in his power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Now, some people are, when they're being prayed for, falling over. That's entirely okay and natural. It's nothing to be worried about. But the only thing is, if you see somebody start to fall, don't back away from them because they might need to help you, you to help them not fall on the floor. So part of your job could be keep your eyes open and help them. But we're not going to push anybody over or make anything happen. We just... It's just something that, you know, if you connected into any kind of power physically, you might expect if you put your finger in the plug for some kind of reaction to it. And that can happen too when we're connecting to the Holy Spirit. So we're, it's all good. And we need you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're calling people into something new and significant and different. And we bless that. The next level, the next stage. Hmm. Thing. There's a verse that comes to mind, it says that about the, the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And I feel the Lord's going to release to some people the next step. The next step is, is like going to be seen. You don't have to see the whole of it, but he's going to show you the next step. The steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And all you need is the next step. Thank you, Lord. If you'll take another step, then another step is, is coming. And even coming up here tonight has been you, you stepping into that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's ordering your steps.